Where else can you go to not only find the information on how to train your dog, but the best deals on training equipment as well? Standing Stone Supply has everything you need to create that next versatile champion from DT system electronics down to even emergency med kits to take with you on your hunting trips. If you need some help with your training program, then their step-by-step online course might be a great fit for you, making it a convenient one-stop shop for the knowledge as well as the gear to take your training to the next level. Hit up standingstonesupply.com and promo code GDIY will save you 10%. As someone who constantly travels to new locations out of state to hunt, I have to rely on map scouting before I even get in the truck. Onyx Hunt Maps makes it super easy for me to plan out my trips as well as track my success while on the trip. The offline maps along with the tracking feature and ability to add pictures to my waypoints means I can always reference old trips and hunts to better prepare for the next. When planning your next hunt, be sure to use Onyx to put you and your dog in the best situation you can. Use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20% and know where you stand with Onyx. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It, it, it's just consistency. Set a plan and a program, and you're going to hit hurdles. And it's just figuring out how how to overcome those hurdles, and that's how you you're going to make a better dog. Do you have trouble physically making it through long hunts? Is your dog always giving you that angry look, telling you to keep up? You train your dog, but now it's time to train yourself. Rocky Mountain Hunt Strong is the company for any hunter that is looking for an effective fitness routine to get healthier and be able to hunt longer and harder. This company has merged fitness and the passion of hunting to help people like you and me continue to do what we love. From the Rockies to the Smokies and every field or prairie in between, this company can get you ready to go longer, cover more ground, and recover quicker. Go to RockyMountainHuntStrong.com and see their program for yourself. Use the discount code GDIY to save 15% and get to work. Train harder, hunt stronger, and recover faster. Welcome back to another week of GDIY. I'm actually joined here with Adam Williams this week, and we're going to start off the year 2020 with a little bit of news. Uh, Austin it has decided to step away from the podcast. He, he had a lot of stuff come up and got a big promotion at work, and he just decided that he didn't have the time commitment uh, that he thought he was going to have when we first started this. And so, you know, there's other stuff in life that's a little more important than this. And so he's going to focus on that. But with him stepping away, Adam decided that he's going to step in and we're excited to have him. And Adam, thanks for uh, coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm real honored that uh, you reached out to me to help you host this podcast. I'll tell you what, it's a lot different being a guest on a podcast. I, I came in here and was a, a guest a couple times and was pretty relaxed about it. And then when we started recording an episode <laughs> as as your co-host, I was a little bit nervous, you know. A little different. Yeah, it's a lot different. want to make sure you cover everything. And so you guys will see in, in the first uh, first episode, first couple episodes probably, <laughs> that it's just different recording yeah. as a host rather than a guest. I mean, if you go back and re-listen to some of our first ones i'm sure it wasn't that great i mean some of the ones that we do now may not even be that great but especially when we first started out it does take a little bit of a learning curve to uh get comfortable talking into a microphone all the time definitely hopefully it's quick for me yeah bear with me guys well we're glad to have you and uh you know austin was here for a little while and we thank him for his time and and uh all you austin holics out there hopefully you don't you know get too upset and 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 leave us and i think adam's gonna step in do a great job and and keep the ball rolling for us yeah i hope so i mean and and the good news is alston's doing really well at work and and got a big promotion and 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 doesn't really have the time to commit to this thing and me and nick are lousy and have the time for it i guess (laughs) we don't have anything better to do (laughs) yeah no big promotions for us but um yeah look forward to still training with alston and hanging out yeah absolutely and like you just said training with him he'll he'll be around surely and i mean maybe maybe he'll uh venture back on here here and there it's you know small world out there we're all in the same same chapter and so 
he'll he'll show up from time to time and maybe he'll come back on and and uh want to relive the good old days yeah i hope so yeah so uh moving on we uh we just finished up our most recent instagram giveaway the rocky mountain hunt strong and the shotgun dog coffee giveaway and that thanks to everybody for participating in that it was great uh for the people that won we we did one for instagram we did one uh for patreon only and congratulations to everybody that that won and thanks again for everybody checking that out sharing commenting doing all that fun stuff it really goes a long way to helping us out and uh, we're gonna have a lot more giveaways coming up here in this year. We 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 have a lot of big plans this year, and uh, so here shortly. I mean, I don't know, maybe in the next month or so, we should be doing another giveaway, maybe another gunner, maybe some more duck camp gear. I don't know. Stay tuned, find out, take a look, and uh, be on the lookout for it. Uh, also, with the new year. We just wanted to quickly say at 2019, you know, we just started this, what, five months ago, give or take a little bit. It's, uh, it exceeded a lot quicker and a lot faster than what we really anticipated starting out. Uh, we started this just because we we're always talking dogs and hunting anyway. We figured let's just throw a mic in front of it. And it, we thought it was a good opportunity to, to really just put out a bunch of information and content that we wish that we had when we first started. And we're not pretending to be professionals. We aren't professionals. We're just your average do-it-yourself kind of guy that enjoys running dogs and hunting. And so, you know, take everything we say with a grain of salt. There's plenty of other people with a lot more experience and a lot more knowledge than us. Uh, but we're just communicating the best information that we have from from the people that have taken the time to communicate it to us from the books that we've read, from, you know, the videos, everything. And uh, we just want to say thanks for everybody for making 2019 as successful as it was, especially starting out as and as quick as it took off for us. And uh, we have a lot more big plans coming up. But uh, a special thanks to our partners who, who really, I mean, again, we've only been out here for five months, and we had Gunner, Duck Camp, Rocky Mountain Hunt Strong come on board when there really wasn't anything to come on board with. So, uh, you know, thanks to all those guys, all the listeners. Thanks for checking us out. And uh, we have a lot of really big plans and good content coming your way this year. And stay tuned because it, I think it's really going to take off this year. And so with that being said – Sticking with the new year, what are we talking about this week, Adam? Goals for the new year. We uh, recap in the episode kind of what we did in the last year, what our goals were, uh, if we accomplished them, and, and where we're at on those things, and what we're working on with our dogs moving forward, uh, hunting, training, and just having them as pets too. Yep. So it's really just me and Adam just talking about what we have planned this year as far as training and testing and, and all that stuff because you, you have to have a, a goal and and image at the end to work back towards. And it's, uh, it's really important to just kind of know where you're headed. And so that's what we're talking about this week. So you can kind of get what what we think about when we're saying, okay, we want to train for this, but you're not just training for the now you're training for the future as well. You may be training for this test today, but you know, next year you're going to have another test. So it's, it's a lot of planning. And, uh, so that's really all this episode's about. Hope everybody had a great new year's, great Christmas. Everybody was safe. If you're hunting, hope you got to shoot the hell out of a lot of birds and had a good time and, uh, got the family out and all that, all that good stuff. So hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks for joining us and, uh, we'll see you back next week. If you're looking for new apparel that works better for you in the field, be sure to check out the amazing products at duck camp. They're a direct-to-consumer company that prides itself in producing high-quality gear for every type of outdoorsman, including wing shooters. Unlike your shooting, their Upland shirts are a can't-miss. They're available in different weights to make sure you get what you need on your hunt. Check them out through the link on our website, gundogityourself.com, and if you purchase something, please be sure to tell them GDIY sent you. If you're currently in the market for a kennel, then be sure to check out Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels is the only kennel that's five-star crash rated from the Center for Pet Safety. 
The double wall rotomodal construction ensures it holds up in all types of weather and conditions. Also, Gunner Kennels has a lifetime warranty. These kennels are built to last a lifetime, and Gunner stands behind that. Gunner also has all the accessories you could need from fan kits to help keep them cool, performance and orthopedic pads to help keep them comfortable and ready to go after long travels, and even tie-down straps to help ensure there's no worries for the kennel moving or sliding around in your truck. So if you need man's best kennel for man's best friend, head on over to gundogityourself.com and click on the Gunner link. Be sure to purchase your kennel, accessories, and even gift cards for holidays and birthdays through our link, and it will go a long way in helping out the podcast. All right, welcome back to GDIY, guys. We're uh, me and Adam are sitting here, and we're going to talk about New Year, New You. That's right, <laughs> New Year's resolutions. Not a big fan of it personally myself, but uh, in the gun dog training world, I, I consider it more training and mapping out exactly your goals and plans and how to get there. Uh, I, 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 what kind of New Year's resolutions do you have this year? Well, if it's food related, I don't like to even think about it because i won't stick with it but with uh dog training yeah i'm working towards utility uh utility test with mitchell this year so um, plenty of stuff to plan for on that one. Oh yeah yeah we started working on it last year but i'm ready to ready to test uh sometime in the spring if he's ready got yeah. a few more benchmarks to hit and then we'll see if See if we're ready for a spring test. If not, I'll wait till the fall. Oh, yeah. And we'll definitely get into more of that. But, yeah, I thought this was a good idea to sit down and kind of give everybody an idea of how we think about this. Uh, when when you're training a dog, we, we've said it a million times, all the other trainers say it, you kind of have to start with the end goal in mind. Right. Break it down in baby steps. And just kind of time it out that way obviously every dog's different some some things go quicker some things go smaller your your plans change altogether. but you're never going to get anywhere if you don't have an actual goal to shoot for yeah absolutely uh set a goal and i, I mentioned benchmarks so there's some certain things you want to hit what are you working on for this year what what, what are your goals and benchmarks you want to hit and i'm i gotta retest uh lucy and utility and we'll touch more on that soon and but really this year except for getting lucy prepared for the utility test to to pass the one thing that she failed on well she didn't fail but didn't get prize one level stuff in right. the utility is i'm training for utility but really with the invitational in mind next year sure and yeah so, same and here so everything i'm doing this year it's it's really invitational training but while getting ready for the utility at first if that makes sense yeah perfect sense hopefully we can travel to the invitational together save some money <laughs> on gas and lodging and all that stuff and it'd yep. be fun to be there together you know just enjoy the whole experience together it'd yeah be cool well i think uh, the best way to start this out is let's go back to go forward so let's go yeah. to 2019 what were your goals starting out in 2019 so I did natural ability uh, in the spring of 2019, and the goal there was to get a. I mean, the goal is to get to max it out, right? That's oh, yeah. the goal. <laughs> yep. Um, and then immediately after that, start looking towards utility and get as many wild wild bird exposures as I can, wild bird contacts, um, just for the exposure for the dog and. It's why we do all this. We want to go hunt. So yeah. I I did good last year with getting a young dog, you know, four four months old. Well, that was 18 at the end of his first year. I, you know, I ended up hunting with him. But um, done well in 2019 as far as working towards utility and, and getting some wild bird contacts. Not as many as I'd like, but that's probably – common ground for most of us we yeah. all want more Every, everybody can say that yeah well my goal was honestly i kind of exceeded my goal with as far as lucy i didn't really have a specific training goal for rachel because i was kind of just figuring okay i'm kind of done testing her right uh, just gonna keep her for hunting she's a finished dog yada yada and then lucy is just like okay let's train 2019 she did the na test in april and so i'm like all right i'm going to spend the rest of the training season to get her as far into the utility work as i could with a goal to test this upcoming spring in 2020 right 
and it just happened that she just caught on boom 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 and i was able to test her in utility in the fall yeah and and you guys did really well you got a 192 is that right uh, I think so. Yeah, she she got prize one level on everything except for the staunch the yeah. pointing staunchness on point, and we'll, we'll go into that in more detail here soon. But right. but yeah, so it's uh, 2019 kind of exceeded my goals as far as testing and then hunting. Kind of like what you said, it's you know I've been able to get on some wild birds so far this this year. The hunting season's not over for us. I know it's over for some people in the depending on where they live, but we still have a couple months to go. Uh, but it is Tennessee, so take that for what it's worth. Right. And uh, But we're going to get out there, and hopefully we can keep adding some more uh, bird contacts before we really get back into the training frame of mind come uh, February, March, or whenever that is. Yeah, so specifically, you're wanting to, to brush up on the staunchness with Lucy. Uh, two things. Number one, what's your plan to work on that? And then second, are you worried about anything else slipping while you're focusing a lot on staunchness with her? No, like I said a minute ago is I'm plan- planning on training everything this year with the invitational of next year in mind. So I'm not worried about anything else slipping because I'm going to keep the water work. I'm going to keep the retrieving. I'm going to keep everything up to the testing level that I expect and try and go forward on that. But obviously, to get to the Invitational, we have to get the prize one in utility. Right. So her weakness was pointing. So I have to focus hardcore on pointing to get her ready to get that prize one in utility. And uh, right now, you know, there's a couple different methods to improve the staunchness on point. And uh, I, I think I'm going to – the first thing that I'm going to try is the launcher work. And so, you know, we're going to set up launchers. I'm not going to do hardly any birds at all released or uh, placed or anything like that. I want to minimize the human scent as much as possible. And as soon as she scents that bird, we're launching that bird in the air. I don't want her thinking, and that's what it is, is she's kind of questioning. It's just like, right. okay, there's something here. You've seen her. She slows down. She kind of flags. But then it's just like when she – when she decides there's a bird there, she locks up. And what's crazy is on wild birds, she doesn't have that problem. It's only when there's kind of human scent around in that area. And so, you know, when we're up in Wisconsin or the few birds that we've come across just over time, if it's wild birds and there's no human scent, she locks up. Right. It's much more intense. Yeah. So the launchers, the way I was taught was to use the launcher to recreate a wild bird scenario, if that makes sense. In other words, a pen-raised bird may let a dog get, well, not may, it will let a dog get much closer than what a a wild bird will. So using the launchers, you kind of have some of that control at the end of your fingertip, and you you can look at the dog, read the dog, see when it's getting into bird scent, and then launch the bird immediately. We tried that uh, a couple weeks ago with the launcher. We went out with one launcher. How'd that work out for us, Nick? Uh, Typical stuff, you know, expectations when you throw in mechanical devices into a training scenario. And that's, man, that's my biggest issue with going into this training is I like to keep it simple. Yeah. The less training, I don't know, objects or devices that you need, in my opinion, is the, the best solution always just keep it simple but when you bring the launchers in you get to a certain level you have to bring some other stuff in that's kind of where we're at now but when we put that launcher out and (laughs) we couldn't get the damn thing to launch and it ended up being like a receiver battery issue and it's 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 one of those things that you just you have to hash out yeah and and i it was my launcher that we were using i said all right nick here's here's the button because it's got five or six different you know, you can put five or six different launchers on the one remote. So I said, make sure you press the number one. And we tested it at the truck, and it worked. And then we loaded the launcher, put Lucy <laughs> out there. And I'm like, yeah, Nick, now you should be pressing the button now. And he goes, I am pressing the button. I'm like, all right, give me the thing. Because I, <laughs> I don't know how to press the damn <laughs> right. button. <laughs> I'm like, you're not doing it right. You're not pressing the button right. So... You know, I pressed the button and I thought, well, you, you've reprogrammed it somehow. Of course, I thought it was Nick's fault. We uh, 
we'd walk up to it and it would work. So we figured out that the battery in, in the launcher was weak. Um, so it would, it would function from two feet away, but then when you're trying to use it from 15 feet away, it wasn't receiving. So lesson learned for us. I mean, stuff happens. Yeah. And, and, and when you're trying to staunch up a dog like that, and it's important that you start launching the bird at just the right moment, it's probably worth 70 cents to put a new battery in it or whatever it costs and just start with a fresh battery. But that kind of goes into a lot of people don't know how to react when training scenarios don't go to plan. Right. And so it is kind of important. I mean, regardless of how much you plan, and we talk about having control, control, control over the training environment, you're going to have situations that just pop up like that. And we didn't get mad. We didn't get frustrated or anything like that. It's just like, hey, this isn't working. You know, I'm sure as heck didn't get mad at Lucy. I mean, she was still doing what she always does. Right. You know, kind of just – is that a bird? Is it flagging? Whatever. But, uh, yeah, we just chalked it up to like, okay, didn't go to plan, put her up. We'll, we'll get back to it later. And, uh, it happens, but you, you go out there with best intentions and plans thinking that you have a bulletproof structure going on and that house can tumble at any time. You just have to just keep a cool mind, realize, yeah, you get, went out there for a mission. You wanted to accomplish it. It didn't go right you'll get to it later. Like sometimes it happens, but you getting mad or pissed off even. And we've all seen people do that. It, it, it happens. It's just, just calm down. You can actually do worse by pressing an issue than if you just go and put the dog up and get back to it later. Yeah. I felt bad that it was my launcher. I mean, at the time I thought you didn't know how to press a button, but once I figured out it was the battery, (laughs) I sent Nick a text and said, Hey, sorry, it was low battery. Turns out you do know how to press the button. Yep. But it was, I mean, you were really cool about it, and, and we still had a great time. Yeah, it happens. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's Lucy's big thing on utility. But like you said, what you're asking about, is she going to lose on, out on anything else? It's not like I'm going to be able to go out there with launchers in the field with birds every single day. So we're going to be working on the side stuff. We're going to be starting to work on lines and, and blinds and the multiple retrieves and marks and also i'm gonna have to you know keep her dressed up on the duck search so there's there's a ton of stuff to do on a weekly basis to where i'm not only working on pointing with her that makes sense you're still going to be keeping everything else brushed up just out of the necessity yeah out of necessity because i hear people talk about okay my dog got a three in pointing on the utility test so i'm really going to work on pointing and then they go out and they go well it got a four in pointing this time but, but it got the a, duck search fell off. Yeah, the duck search fell off because I didn't mess with duck search. I thought I thought the duck search was locked in. So yeah. Um, okay, so you're going to keep everything brushed up. Yep. And so you said that you're going for the utility. It's probably sometime this spring. I mean, we know he's he's getting close. How close? Like, where are y'all exactly? And what's your plan with him on working on what what's missing in your opinion? Yeah. So I feel good about duck search um i'm good with the uh, pretty pretty much 90 percent with the healing and uh remain by blind sequence man he's really steady if he's got an e-collar on but (laughs) (laughs) transition off that e-collar um so my my plan is to is to not test it and see what happens without an e-collar i'm just going to put him out there the first time uh without an e-collar and yeah he'll probably think he has the e-collar on Uh, and maybe not i mean maybe he'll figure it out that he doesn't have the e-collar and and i'll have trained him good enough that he he won't break but steadiness is what we're working on now yeah and i can control that with an e-collar but i need to i need to proof it i need to go out there and make sure that we can go through multiple sequences and i don't have to use the e-collar that's when i feel like He'll be ready, and, and I can go into a test confident. But right now, I'm, we went through three or four sequences the other day, and the first one was pretty good. The second one, you know, he jumped about six feet, and then I denied the retrieve. I went out and picked up the bird myself and made sure he saw me. But, you know, it's got to be more consistent than that for me to put him in a test. So that's why I say if I can have him ready this spring, great. And if not... I'll wait till the fall. 
Yeah. And that that's what's so tough about early spring tests is right now it's hunting season. We want to go hunt. You know, that's why we got these dogs. We enjoy the testing part and AVDA and everything, but we got these dogs to hunt. And so it's hard to sacrifice time in the woods and actually hunting to go train. And so like our chapter, our test is the end of February. That's going to be hard to do if you're actually trying to hunt and train for the test at the same time. I mean, yeah, you can go, if we had more wild birds, you could train while you're hunting. Right. But we just really don't have that opportunity down here. More, more than likely our hunts are hikes with a gun. And so you, right. you don't get hardly any contacts to where you can apply your training on those birds. Yeah, some people will hear that and they'll say, well, man, if you're going out hunting, you're also preparing your dog for the test. True, yeah. if you have an abundance of wild birds. So yeah. when we're talking on a Friday night about what we want to do the next day, it is either, like you're saying, we're going to go out and hope for maybe one wild bird contact if we stay local, or we're going to go buy some pen-raised birds yeah. and put them out somewhere. And, I mean, really – one bird contact while while bird hunting in Tennessee that's that's more than hopes i mean it's like we're talking about contacts per year down here we're not talking about contacts or flushes per walk right and so when you have that inconsistency in bird numbers and opportunities down here yeah you can go out there with every intention of okay if they come across a bird we're going to instill the steadiness training on it, but more than likely you're not even going to have that opportunity. And so it's not even a question on, are you willing to sacrifice your bird and your vest to train your dog? More than likely you're not even going to have that opportunity. And so I think a lot of people that live up, you know, in bird heaven, if they're up in Kansas or North Dakota or South, whatever, they have kind of a hard understanding of what we're talking about to when it's like, man, y'all talk about bird contacts every outing. We talk about it in a month, a year, a season, whatever. And so it's really tough to do that down here. Yeah, it is. I've been fortunate enough to find some, some wild quail on private property that I got uh, permission for. And, and the guy, every time I go out there, he's like, did you get any? And I try to explain to him that I'm wanting to, Train. refine my dog's level of training by use of his wild birds and he just kind of looks at me like he doesn't get right, it no yeah. <laughs> he's just like man i'm hungry where's my bird yeah <laughs> you and, promised and me a bird i like shooting birds but man it's nice to go down there and just let the dog out and and get on some of those wild quail and just and just see him point on wild birds and it, yeah. it's it's a lot of fun i don't need to i don't need to shoot them all the time just to no. to have a good time oh yeah absolutely and so that's kind of where lucy and mitch is at rachel we've i've kind of talked to you i've kind of been toying with the idea of testing her again this year i think you should do it well it's one of those i didn't do it this year because it's kind of like okay i don't have plans to breed her i don't really want to be a short hair breeder uh, it's not really in my my plans. So I didn't really see the purpose of continuing to train. It's just, you know, it's, everybody that's seen her work, she's a prize one caliber dog. She's prize two on paper, but it's like prize one in utility. Everybody knows that that's where she's at that's actually seen her work. Right. Now I'm kind of considering, hell, man, like let's do it and – just get more experience it's yeah, just, I think it's just more training experience i agree with what you're saying that she's a prize one caliber dog i've seen her do prize one work at everything so it, we know that she'll do it just go run her in the test and let her have the prize one on paper yeah you know kind of like prove it yeah which i can say that to you i can like <laughs> kind of poke your chest and say prove it because i know she will yeah and so i'm kind of thinking okay let's qualify her and then I have a dog at say Lucy's point doesn't doesn't come in quick enough this year to get her prize one. She sh Rachel should qualify for the invitational if I run her again. And then I have the experience of training for the invitational. I just have to get over that mental block that it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not I'm not breeding her, but I'm still gonna go through the time and the expense and the effort 
the trainer for that test because that right. invitational test it's not cheap <laughs> and then you account for all the training birds and everything it's it just it gets pretty pricey pretty quick yeah i know you're tying it to breeding but also is it all for the sake of breeding no how I mean, you, I know you'd be proud to have the dogs in the truck and say, yeah, that's my VC right there. Yeah. Right. And, and know that you're not going to breed her fine. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I'm leaning to, to right now. I am. It's, I gave her the year off from Do testing it. last year and I'm thinking this year it's like, hell, I'm already training Lucy. We're going to be out there doing it anyway. We're going to be doing, going to a few different tests this year. Yeah. Might as well just, it's an accomplishment. It. I mean, it's. I'm saying it like, oh, yeah, she'll get a prize one. She may not get a prize one because that's a huge accomplishment, too. Any prize is a big accomplishment. Yeah, so it is. Do it for the sake of letting your dog accomplish something that you know she's capable yeah. of. And it's not it's not like it's actually going to hurt her like no. it, by any means. I mean, not it's still going to make her a better dog in the long run, whether she gets the prize one or not. So I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards this pulling old Rachel out of – testing retirement and giving her an objective to do because i mean last year it was we we're going out training and yeah it's like i would train 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 lucy help everybody else train then it's just like i would just throw a couple birds out for rachel and just kind of keep her keep her uh polished up but you know it's like man i kind of miss just having something to work towards with her i'm gonna keep bugging you until you just go over the edge and finally commit to yeah. to running her again i'm thinking i'm gonna do it she if, deserves it, it yeah, that, and if for anything else, it just gives me more experience. Absolutely. Another learning opportunity. So what are some of your goals for next year as far as hunting? We've, we've talked a lot about training goals. Yeah. What about hunting? What do you got for next year? I, there's a few things. I mean, obviously just more wild bird contacts. That's, that's obviously the bigger one. Uh but that's, I think that's kind of true for everybody that, that hunts. This is like, oh, yeah, what do you want to do? I want to get into more birds. So, like, to me, I want more bird contacts. But I also just, I want the dog to have more bird contacts in different scenarios, maybe even type of birds, just to make them better hunters. And so, with me, I want to get out more on more trips, like, this year, in 2019, I started off in January. I did a quick trip to Oklahoma. Then we did Wisconsin in October. Uh, hell, right now, we just got back from Iowa last weekend. And then we have a trip coming up with, uh, you know, grouse up in maybe southern Virginia, northeast Tennessee. We're talking about a Kentucky trip uh, next month, and we're also talking about a West Virginia trip next month. I'm trying to figure out where I'm wanting to go to next fall. And it's not about putting birds in the vest for me. It's about getting the bird contacts to make the dogs better. And so, yeah, Wisconsin was great. I loved it. And it did provide us a lot more bird contacts and training opportunities. But I don't know if I want to go try a new spot. You got any places in mind? Minnesota would be cool. I mean, I did North Dakota a couple years ago. I necessarily wouldn't be opposed to going back to North Dakota, redoing that. Uh, I would love to get out, like, in the real west, like west coast, go chase some chucker, some of those different quail species. But the problem with that is it's time off from work and making it out there. That's a long haul out it there. It is. But it's on my bucket list as well. I yeah. definitely want to get out there. I'm not trying to necessarily rack up as many – species as possible i don't want to have you know i don't want to do it just to say i've hunted this number of species and and my my dogs you know done this number of species just for the experience though of getting out there and being in the desert and hunting the quail and they they're going to act differently than bob white quail do around here yeah I just want the experience of going to different places. Yeah. I mean, if you have a dog that you can go in the southeast and hunt bobwhites, go shoot up to the Midwest and hunt some rough grouse and woodcock, and then, you know, go out in the prairies and hunt sharps, pheasants, huns, whatever, then go out to the west coast and go do those crazy chucker hunts and, and mountain quail and valley quail and all that. Is I mean, if you have a dog that can really hit each one of those species, I mean, that that's kind of what we're in it for. Absolutely. 
And you mentioned getting more wild bird contacts. We're trying to recreate scenarios with the launchers and stuff like we mentioned, but you can't replicate the behavior of wild birds and what it teaches a dog. So I've been taking Mitchell out. I've had him out maybe three times on these wild quail where I've got some access. And the last time I had him out, he went up to this thick growth of trees and everything. And he kind of pointed, but it was soft. And he looked back at me. So I started walking up to him and I got 20 yards from him. And then he moved about five more feet and locked (laughs) on points. I was like, man, that's so cool. He, it was almost like he looked at me and went, I know where they're at, but I'm not going to pin them down yet. You ready? Yeah. And then pinned them down. And that could be bad. Maybe the dog should have locked up initially. But I felt like if the dog knew that and waited for me to get up here before he really went in to thicker stuff where I may not be able to see him, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's just it. I mean, yeah, these training birds are great. You you get more contacts and opportunities for corrections and training like we've already discussed. But you're losing something on training birds as well. You know, if if you put a bird to sleep or you plant a bird or you have it in a launcher, those birds can't run. They can't pop, fly 20 yards, and come back down. You know, it, they're not leaving that trail scent for the dog to figure out. So the dogs, that you, if you go out and you see a dog that has truly been on 100% wild birds as opposed to a dog that's 100% on pen-raised birds, you can see a very clear difference in how they hunt and how they act. Not to say that the dog 100% on pen-raised birds is not a good dog. They just may may not have the opportunity, kind of like what we're talking down here in Tennessee. It's like they may just not have the opportunity to get on the wild birds. But that's why what we're talking about with all these trips is we're taking the actual dedication and time and money to put our dogs in the position to get the contacts. We can't get them down here, so let's go somewhere that we can get them. And, sure. I mean – it's not like we're doing it just for training. I mean, we love to hunt. Don't get me wrong. I and mean, it's experience of traveling yeah. and seeing different places. What about the different species of birds throughout, you know, all the places you mentioned? Do you think that different species are good development for a dog? I mean, we know that wild birds are good to develop the dog. But going and in, in to a different state and exposing the dog to wild grouse instead of wild quail... Yeah. How do you think that develops a dog? Well, I mean, the easiest comparison I can think of is grouse and woodcock. Anybody that grouse and woodcock hunts, on average, every bird's different. Woodcock tend to hold better. So if you're trying to get your dog to point and hold the point and steadiness work, you know, the the woodcock's going to be a little easier for that. But retrieving... Not so much. A lot of dogs don't like the taste of woodcock in their mouth. So it's like you really have to reinforce that with your dogs. I mean, even some of the best retrievers out there, they don't like the taste of woodcock in their mouth. Uh, Pheasants, you know, they don't like to flush. They like to run first, and they'll fly when there's nothing else better. So if you're having a dog that it's like, I want him to slam on point and stand there until I flush a bird, maybe pheasant's not the best wild bird to be doing that kind of training. Uh Bob White's, Huns, the Covey birds, that's a little different. Same thing. It's like there's a lot more bird scent in there because there's more birds. There's a lot more more uh, distractions when you have 15, 20 birds do a Covey rise Absolutely. in front of them than one bird getting up in front of them. So there's benefit, there's cons and pluses to to each bird. And that's that's kind of why I enjoy going after numerous different species in different terrains and because the dog is going to learn something from every species and every bird. Absolutely. Yeah. I noticed that going from pen raised quail and a launcher Mitchell's pretty steady, you know, with some, with some e-collar encouragement, but then on those wild birds, it's, it's overwhelming to have 25 or 30 birds get up and fly. It was overwhelming for me the first time I saw it. And I, I was just, <laughs> I'm watching all these birds fly. And then I look over and I'm like, oh man, he's chasing the birds. He's <laughs> supposed to be this. steady. <laughs> yep. So it's, it's good. It's good exposure and it's, it's good training. Yep. 
it's good development for the dog. So, I mean, it, it kind of sounds like we have the same same goals for our dogs hunting wise. Uh, what about personal wise? Like, because I mean, we have to become better hunters to put our dogs in that position. Do you have any goals for yourself for hunting next year? Yeah, I need to get out more on, on some out of state trips. Um, it's like I said, it's good to do the local stuff, but I want to, I want to go on more trips next year. Um, at least two or three. Yeah. And I think we'll hit that, but, oh yeah, but I, I like to travel. I like to meet new people. I like to get around and sure. It's about the exposure for the dog. It's about the hunting and, and sometimes it's about pulling the trigger, but I like getting behind the windshield and going and, and seeing new places. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. It it truly is. I mean, for the traveling hunters, it's kind of hard to explain to somebody that doesn't really travel and hunt what it's like. Me personally, like I have a, a few goals that I want to get better at this year Yeah, for what hunting. You, what are you working on? So I need to get better at just reading maps, studying Google Earth, and how that relates to the birds that I'm chasing and, and the areas that I'm going in. So Okay, so you're talking about terrain or tree species or a little bit of both? Yeah, and that kind of goes into the next thing. I've got to get better at plant identification. Like, I have to, especially with the rough grouse down here. And for the millionth time, we don't have the bird opportunities down here that maybe other states or locations have. And so you really kind of have to know what you're going after and what time of year, what kind, what, what's their food, what, where are they at, what's their brush cover, what's their roosting cover, what's, what's all that stuff. And so it's like when you're talking to these experienced hunters, and I think that's kind of a generational deal where I think a lot of people our age, we're so accustomed to just being able to look at our phone and figure something out, it's kind of hard for us to retain a lot of that information, even if we're told it. Because, you know, I'll go hunt with, with OTB or somebody else or may, maybe just someone our age that's been raised in the mountains, and they'll just be like, oh, yeah, that's this type of tree. That's this type of brush. Uh, hey, they're they're eating this this time of year. Go look for that. I'm like, okay, well, Google, can you help me out? <laughs> what the hell does that look like? Right. It's nice to be able to walk through the woods. Not that I know every tree species. I just know a handful. Yeah. But it's nice to walk through and be able to identify a tree species or yeah. a plant species. It kind of tells a story as you're walking through the woods, and it I know if I'm if I need to spend more more time in that area based on the the trees and terrain and vegetation. I did learn last year uh hunting woodcock. I was looking for all, you know, very early successional growth habitat next to creek bottoms and yeah. stuff like that, which is which is true. That's where you're going to find woodcock, but I went with a guy and he said I I usually find woodcock in a lot of uh pine trees around pine trees that are also close to close to water sources. So I thought, I mean, I had been walking by pine trees and just like breaking the gun open and, and, and covering some ground because I was discounting it as anywhere. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking this is not good woodcock habitat, but turns out, I mean, I was, I started finding them in, in pine thickets and stuff too. Well, it's like in Wisconsin. I mean, I can identify some trees, but when you're talking about the lower brush and, and the uh, the food crops that are in specific time of years, what the grouse are eating, I'm not good at that. And, you know, the, the trees, yeah, that might help you a little on deer, squirrels or whatever. But when you're looking for grouse and woodcock, it's just like, okay, it's that's that's a hardwood that's a conifer tree <laughs> like okay i'm looking for density and so that's really how i've been handling it up in wisconsin and wherever i go is i look for those transitions where do the hardwoods turn into the underbrush or the conifers and i, I look for those the change in cover and i hunt that and i have success up there down here is a different ball game you can't you'll do that all day, all season and not come across it. So it's like, I think to, to really be successful down here in the Southern Appalachian, we're going to have an episode coming up here soon with, with a guy a lot more knowledgeable on that than, than we are talk about this more. I don't think we're going to be successful until we really dig in deep 
and figure out the plant species and the time of year that the birds are utilizing it and the type of terrain and elevation and all that fun stuff. Yeah, that's my favorite way to learn, I think, is from someone else that's more experienced, and that's what this is all about. We're, we're not experts, so yeah. it's it's cool to, to go hunt. I, I hunted with a gentleman last year that was in his 80s, um, and he could identify every tree in the forest, and it was it was amazing, and he could talk about all these different things and how it would affect woodcock, and they're a funny little bird to figure out anyways, but... I just, I soak those things up, soak up those opportunities because that's, that's the best way to learn. In my opinion is from someone that's more experienced. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean that, that's my main thing is just learn more about what I'm chasing and try and get more consistent wild bird contact so that what we were talking about earlier, we're not having to decide, okay, do we want to go hunt or do we want to train? We can combine both of them and do that. And there's no more picking and choosing. Yeah. And we can maximize our time. Uh, if, if you get better at map reading and, and, uh, identifying tree species and vegetation, then you can take me to all the good spots based on your map work, right? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You just piggyback on my, my effort here, man. No problem. <laughs> so what about uh, non-hunting training-related goals for the dogs? Got anything in mind? Yeah. I really want to – I don't want a robot dog, but I really want to get back and focus hardcore on the foundation work and the obedience. My dogs, they're pretty well-behaved, especially for, for bird dogs. Uh, but I think there's always room for improvement, right? So I want to improve the obedience, uh, the healing, obviously, place work inside the house. A lot of the stuff that just goes into better manners and a more enjoyable hunting dog. I want I want to get my dog to where I can take it any place, anywhere. And it's kind of like the Wild Rose refers to it as a gentleman's gun dog. And, and that's kind of what I want to get my, my dogs at. And that they're pretty good. I mean, they mind me and all that, but... Like I said, we can improve on it and clean it up. I don't want a robo dog that is looking at me to do absolutely everything. You know, it's just like I don't need to give it a command to go crap in the yard. Like I, some people like their dogs that way. I don't. I want a little bit of independence. But at the same time, it'd be nice just to have a better mannered dog. Absolutely. I'm, I'm on the same page because if you break down the number of hours that you spend with the dog – in the house or doing other things other than hunting or training. Most of us are spending, I don't know, random number, 90% of the time doing other things and 10% of the time hunting. It's, it's probably worse than that really. Yeah. So I like to be able to take my dog everywhere with me. I mean, I'll go to work. He'll be in the kennel. I'll go out, let him run around, maybe go on a run with him in the morning. And, um, and that way after work, I can, I can go, work with the dog but having a dog that doesn't bark his head off in the kennel yeah. while I'm at work it's it's nice to have that or being able to go into a store that allows dogs it's nice to take your dog places and it and it helps towards some of our goals too and we get to enjoy the company of your dog yeah you get to enjoy the company of your dog yeah and so that that's my deal it's you know there there's a we'll go out to eat or something and there's a place that allows dogs and it's like, yeah, I can bring my dog, but I find myself not that I have to always just be watching them. It's just like, I'm having to focus too much on the dog to really enjoy my time out in those restaurants or stores or whatever. And so it's just, uh, I mean, it's like, why not? It's only going to help you even in the hunting. It's going to create a better bond. It's, it's going to give you better cooperation from your dog. And, uh, you know, it, it's a pride factor. I mean, how many times everybody loves hearing like, Oh man, I wish my dog would do that. And, sure. uh, you know, it's just getting out and just doing that stuff. And the more heal, the more place, the the more, all that stuff, it's just going to directly cross over into the field to when you're working on the steadiness or you're working on the retrieving. Stuff like that. I mean, it's just it, – it's. I know that's kind of broad, but I just want to get back into the habit of like I was when they were younger and start doing the yard work more. I think it helps 
my dog's overall behavior, if I haven't had a chance to go out and let my dog go on a big run or do some work in the field with it, he starts to get nervous and he's not nice to be around after about three days. You know, (laughs) he's kind of a pain in the butt around the house, but I can take him to Lowe's and he's not getting exercise. I mean, he's just healing around the store with me. I'll tell him to lay down and say, yeah. And that, that mental stimulus it's almost the same result when we go home. Yep. He goes over and lays down in his place just like he's exhausted from running in the field. Yep. And he's, it's like, all right, I'm mentally drained. I'm just going to go over here and hang out for a while. Well, I mean, how, how many times have we heard if you have some of these more active, high-octane dogs, you have to run your dog miles every day? It's, yeah, that's nice, it but helps. you you have to have that mental stimulus for a dog, too. I mean, I've seen dogs that, yeah, you can go run 5 to 10 miles a day, but there's still a pain just because you don't have that that off switch that people talk about. Sure. And it's just like, yeah, okay, some dogs don't have off switches, but the more foundational yard work you do and obedience, you can you can make every dog better behaved or better mannered, whatever you want to call it. And they're more enjoyable. I think if you... If you're able to have your dog in your house and it's well behaved, then you get to spend so much more time with your dog. I mean, I'm not in the business of having a kennel full of dogs that are all outside and then I, I use them for the business of hunting or something like that. I mean, I hunt with my dog as often as I can, Yeah. but more times than not, I'm in the house hanging out and I want my dog to be in there with me. Not that I'm in the house all the time, but I'm in my house. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in my house more than I'm out hunting. And I want to be able to enjoy that time with my dog too. Yes, exactly. So that's my big one. I mean, did you have any other ones that popped up into your mind? Uh, Really just working on that. So, so that I can, I'm, I'm already the guy that takes my dog everywhere. I mean, yeah. You know, the guys I work with are like, hey, is Mitch in the truck today? <laughs> so, you know it. <laughs> I, I already like to take him to as many places as possible. I'll call a store ahead of time and say, are you dog friendly? Yeah. Yep, we sure are. And then, you well, know, when you walk in, they kind of look at you like, oh, yeah, you're that guy that called yeah. 10 minutes ago. So I, I want to get better at that. Um, he does pretty good in stores, yeah. but... Well, I didn't There's know, always room for improvement. I didn't know if you wanted to go those the the crazy what do they call it the adventure dog certification courses. Have you heard of those? No. What is that? Oh man, it's like Boy Scouts on steroids for your dogs. So like they have actual certification to get merit badges and stuff. Pretty much. Really? Yeah. There's I forgot what. Oh man, I see. I should have looked this up before coming on the podcast. That tells you how professional I am right now. But. Uh, no, they have like legit, like it's something like 20 different sections that your dog can get certified in from, you know, uh, say you kayak with your dog or white water raft. It's just like, okay, you place the dog by the, the raft and it has to remain there by an hour. Like that's just one simple one. Uh, horseback riding. You said for an hour? Yeah. It's, it's crazy stuff. They have one that's like horseback riding. Uh, ATV riding, like they actually have certain qualifications that you train these dogs. And after getting like a certain amount of, of those qualifications, then you get certified as the adventure dog. And it's just like, some of them are basically certified to do any activity with your dog. Have you ever tried to go fishing with your dogs? Yes. I I can't go fishing with my dog. As soon as you cast, yeah. He's like, I They're want chasing. to retrieve that. And you're yep. like, oh man, my dog's going to swallow a fish hook. So yeah, it's a disaster. The dog, I can't take my dog fishing. Yeah. I'm going to have to look this up and in the intro, bring this up because I was listening to another podcast talk about this and some of the qualifications that they have for this is nuts. Like there's certain, like your dog ha- learns how to ride a specific way in a helicopter or an airplane or, I mean, it's is this is nuts. Some of the qualifications that you have, I'm going to have to look this up, but Cause I cannot for the life of me remember the name of it, but like there's actual tests for this stuff. So is that one of your goals for 2020? You're going to have Lucy <laughs> and Rachel become adventure dogs. Yeah, man, you know, you go, go ride some horses. <laughs> one, just ride up in the saddle with me, you know, whatever. Oh, man. No. Do you have any other, uh, seriously, do you have any other goals for, for the girls this, this year? No. Um, uh, this year, you know, we had a great year. Training, testing, all that. Uh, the year before, 
I did a lot more conditioning with them. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to getting back into the type of roading and the, the training environment or routine that I was in. in yeah. I'm going to jump on that goal with you. Uh, I, you I know, need to condition. I mean, my, my dog's in good shape. When you look at him, he looks good, but yeah, he doesn't well, have the stamina that he should. I, I think I went a little overkill on that. You know, Pam may, may, uh, get rid of me if I get back on that routine. Cause it was every morning, every evening, Saturday, Sunday, it was dogs love it. Oh, they did. But it was a bit much, but, uh, yeah. So I, you know, there's a million things you can do with your dogs. And, uh, but that's really just better manners, more obedience, more concentration on the foundation. And it kind of leads into the game that we're in, you know, I'm not white water rafting with my dogs or anything, but you know, who's to say that won't happen in 2021. It could for, uh, I've got a, I've got a goal for you. I'm going to work on for, for 2020 though. And that's going to be to run Rachel in utility again. That's it. I'm, I'm going to bug you till you do it. It's happening. Well, I mean, I don't think it's going to take too much pushing, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm leaning that way. You know, I'm, I'm probably 80, 20 on it right now, but good deal. I like it. Well, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, again, we just wanted to kind of give everybody, this is our mind frame is every year we, we kind of lay out, we're not putting specific dates or specific timelines on the dog because that all you're doing on that is setting yourself up for failure. So it's just general, just put your main goals for you and your dog on paper, look at them, be like, okay, I want to get to Z. How do I get there? And then break it down and be like, okay, by April, May, whatever, hopefully we're on this and working on this. And when you break it down in steps, you're going to see, yes, like this first step may have taken me three weeks longer to do. But then the next step maybe took you half the time it was going to take you to do. So having things on a timeline is good. It gives you a frame of reference. It gives you a goal. But what Nick's talking about is if, if you end up blowing that timeline, it's not a, it's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, just keep working and just stay consistent with Mitchell. I'm hoping to test in the spring, but if I can't get it done, then whatever, I'll do it in the fall. Yeah. It's just consistency, set a plan and a program and you're going to hit hurdles and it's just figuring out how, how to overcome those hurdles. And that's how you, you're going to, make a better dog and and we can all do it, especially with today. You know, you, everybody with mentors, NAVDA, AKC training guys, whatever you hit the hurdles, then you have an actual specific topic or specific hurdle to jump across instead of getting on Facebook and be like, Hey guys, I got a dog. How do I train it? And it's like, man, you just ask like a freaking 10 hour, initial conversation like you you need an actual specific issue or hurdle to to to, 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 if i could talk to discuss to actually get the knowledge that you need to overcome so this is how we train everything and not just goals for an entire year but everything this is the end result back it up break it up into baby steps and or benchmarks like adam says and just start knocking them out and you're going to climb that ladder and you're going to get there. And so, so real quick, I mean, we, we touched on specific goals for us or, or, you know, utility and then specifically steadiness for Mitchell's where I'm at staunchness for Lucy's where you're at on the theme of getting you to test Rachel again. What do you got to work on for her real quick? Uh, with her, I mean, I can, probably just need to brush her up on duck search uh and she got knocked on if i remember correctly she got knocked slightly on cooperation she must have had a bad day no not really Uh, she got knocked on cooperation that's why i'm saying you got to retest her yeah she's a very cooperative dog i think yeah overall she is that's but, why i think she probably had a bad day i'm sure that yeah i'm sure the judges judged it correctly <laughs> she, she did something that was yeah. non-cooperative well, but she got she got knocked down to a three on cooperation and then um if i remember correctly uh there was a mix-up on the uh the mark the mark retrieve so the, the 
in my eyes, the probably the easier session section of the test. I probably shouldn't say that, but you know, when we're training for everything, the main thing is steadiness, duck search, blah blah blah. Well, your dogs have, have yeah done. Um, they've made that easier on yeah. you. So she messed up on the blind. There was a weird thing to where. So she did the heel perfect. We got to the blind shot sequence perfect and everything. The issue came on the retrieve because, you know, obviously the the judges, you have the testing gun. And then when you fire it off, usually you're handing it back to the judge. I'm not saying that the judge caused this. There's no telling what caused this. All I know is, and here's that magic word that dog trainers use. She's never done this before. She <laughs> hasn't done it since. She proved you wrong. The The duck got launched. I fired. I sent her. She did her normal hardcore launch into the water. And as she was in the air, the judge behind me said, here, as in hand, hand him the, the gun. gun. Yeah. I don't think he said it that loud, all I know is I turned to hand him the gun, and when I turned around, Rachel was back at my feet. You know what? And she ended we up getting a, a tendency p- to blame the judge on that, but remember that we're doing this all for the sake of being able to hunt. So yeah, if we're out in a duck blind, Rachel's go out. Any dog goes out for a retrieve, and I say, "Here, hold this." Yeah, to you, exactly. and the dog comes back. You know, so we can't. I mean, we can't blame the judges on no, that. And I'm not. It, <laughs> I know. I'm I just want to make it clear for everybody. I've actually talked to the judge after it. You know, he said, yeah, I think I said it too softly. I'm like, I think you did too. I honestly don't think it was him. I think it. she just had a brain fart. Uh, but it's like that's the only thing that I, I can pick out in my head that stood out different than any other time. So we'll train for it. I was yeah. doing some line drills today with Mitchell and – Jackie was out there helping me, and I said, all right, I want you to come up, stand next to me, and say random things. I want you to make sure you <laughs> say the word okay, because I use okay as a release. Yeah. Um, so I want you to say things like okay, and I want you to say fetch, and different yeah. things, because I was trying to get the dog to break so that yeah. I could make Correct. a correction. And then I would even, I turned to her and said, okay, when I send my dog to fetch, blah, 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 blah. And he still didn't move until, yeah. you know, so I didn't get a correction out of it, but well, it's you got to like, try to anticipate, not that I'm the expert, I'm, here I am giving you training advice, but we all I'm have, the expert, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But, but we all have to anticipate those things. Yeah. What could go wrong and then train for it? Well, I mean, it's like, uh, have you been trained with Jim to when like, if you have Mitch or a dog at heel oh, yeah. and he'll just take off running acting like he's calling the dog and stuff just to see if the dog will break. And it's stuff like opportunity that. Opportunity for yeah, correction. Opportunity for correction. But, yeah, hopefully we didn't bore everybody here. It's not your typical New Year's resolution like, I'm fat. It's We have actual specific goals in mind for this year, and uh, this is how we think about it. And we're not just doing it for 2020. We're doing everything with an in, you know side on 2021 and years to come because everything you're doing today lends itself to tomorrow with these dogs. I mean, in life general, but with these dogs, especially, you know, what you train these dogs this year, three, four or five years later, you're still building off of it. So that's just kind of how we're doing it. Do you have anything else you want to touch on? No, man. I mean, the, the, the incentive for some of these goals, you know, if once I, Assuming I get to pass Mitchell in the Invitational, that means I'm allowed to get another puppy. So there's an incentive <laughs> for me. So ha- have an incentive uh, that's with your goal. And, and and these things are an accomplishment in themselves. I mean, getting a, a utility prize on a dog is an accomplishment. So you, yeah. you know, that's incentive enough. And That's it, man. And side note, find somebody else this year that's going to help push you. I mean, it's something as simple as – we were driving back from South Carolina last night, and Pam looks at me. She's like, you know, you're never going to pass the Invitational if you don't get back on track training those dogs. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, hey, cheap shot, but you're, you're right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, find a training partner, like-minded goals. Ideally, like, obviously doesn't have to be, but find one that is at the same level as you are, and you help each other out. Uh, but yeah, just make the best of this year. Don't let another year go by to where like, damn, I wanted to train my dog or I wanted to take that trip. 
you know, plan it out and knock it out. Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup just after replace it again in a year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukonuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance they also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active when looking at all the different food options remember yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.